welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another, so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? I'm Sam Blakely, as always I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Hugh, how is it going? <laughs> that, that, I'm great, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Pregnant pause there, is everything alright? Yeah, I was trying to make a reference to today's show, but failed miserably, because <laughs> uh, I wasn't requesting you to do anything, so... Perhaps better at impressions, we've also got Joe Blakely, um, similar in surname to me and appearance my brother welcome back Joe hello thank you it's nice to be here with Hugh and Smashy from Smashy and Nice back of a Turner Overdrive um, now Joe you're the impressions guy let's um, let's kickstart straight away with an impression of Milton uh, off I, of Office Space I believe you have Miss Day Blue <laughs> well, I'll take it I'm not I don't do impressions drop them back in we'll drop them throughout the episode today so we're going to talk about 1999 cult classic I think it's been described as uh, I mean, Office. do they have a church oh, <laughs> oh no uh, it's not that kind of cult um, disappointing it's a comedy classic about offices and office life from the mid- late 90s as late as it gets I don't know about Y2K and such <laughs> um, Hugh until today had never seen the film we've watched it together we're recording together as well we are in thigh rubbing distance once again once again for the fifth time I think yeah. or something um, and you're welcome to join us so except you Suzanne you know who you are you know well we all know those emails again <laughs> stop it Liam said no last week <laughs> he means it and we're just sick of it I think our listeners know Joe really well. He was on for 24-hour party people. If you don't know Joe really well, then what are you doing with your life, to be perfectly honest? Um, Let's get talking about the film, Office Space. Okay. Okay. So, Sam, why would you recommend the film Office Space to me? What does it mean to me Uh, and Joe? So, Joe, we watched it probably around the similar-ish time you told me that you watched it at the cinema. (laughs) Yeah, I think I did, but I'm not sure if I did. Those hazy 12-year-old days. Yeah. 1999 wasn't it yeah it was different time wasn't it different time a very different time yeah yeah. Um, so dial up internet (laughs) yeah it's a bit of outdated uh, software tech here has to be said but yeah we watched it I think in our in our early teens I would have thought and and, and loved it and quoted it it's a very quotable film why is it great Joe well like you said it is a very quotable film Um, it's probably the airplane of white collar comedy I think Um, and it's uh, even though you say there are things in the film that do date it it's I think it's timeless Mm. Um, there are yeah certain things that date it I mean Sam for example what what is Peter's job (laughs) is he a software he's not a software engineer is he because that's Samir and Oh, well, let's do a plot. Let's do a quick plot. Yeah, yeah. Let's Always do a quick helps. plot. What is the plot so, of uh, Office Space? Office Space set in an office, you know, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> so it's about that malaise, that office life of, of of meaninglessness, and it's really one character who goes to an occupational hypnotherapist to to basically enjoy his job a bit more. Get save his relationship to, save, and save his relationship to his treating girlfriend and really to make him enjoy his working life the hypnotherapist puts him under makes makes him calm about everything and then promptly dies of a heart attack before <laughs> he can bring him back out and then it's his he basically uh, becomes Ferris Bueller he? he basically becomes Ferris Bueller <laughs> things, <laughs> things just sort of work out for him and then it becomes a sort of heist not a heist but a caper mm. where his two colleagues and so it's, friends, it's essentially the plot of Superman 3 it's essentially the plot of Superman 3 Ocean's <laughs> Eleven and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Office 
Um, bit of romantic comedy put in there. Yeah, chuck a bit of that in. Why not? Any sort of Jennifer Aniston sort of film, so she's in it. And it becomes an embezzling... That's not embezzlement, is it? What's it? Embezzlement's when you use the company money for your own nefarious means, is that right? Yeah. I'm not a criminal. What a bunch expert. of nerds. We're looking at embezzlement in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so it then becomes a problem of getting rid of this money that they scam out of. So it's it's about office life, but it's a, there's a bit of hijinks involved as well, yeah. isn't there, really? Yeah, I mean, a film like this couldn't survive on its own if it was just about the mundane ins yeah. and outs of Maybe a office life, let's yeah. say, in, in about the year 2001. With yeah. Ricky, I'd say Ricky Gervais probably in the lead. I mean, you can see where they got their ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to make this a... Well, no, anyway, I'll come back to this. Um, let's say why it's great then. So, what's great? It's just a, a great comedy. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's really funny. Um, very quotable. Um, I've worked in offices for most of my adult life, and um, I can relate to it on that level. Uh, I've worked for a Bill Lundberg... Uh, not literally, <laughs> but... I've worked for a Bill Lundberg character. I've worked for a... Um, Neither in corporate accounts payable. <laughs> Just a moment. Um, I've worked. Just a moment. Yeah, I've said I've lived. I've worked with a relentlessly cheery woman that's uh, has a has a catchphrase. How many a a relentlessly have? <laughs> a relentlessly cheery person in Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not realistic. Hugh's obviously worked in office jobs, so when we get to what Hugh will like, I think that's going to be a big part of it. I've done a couple of little office roles as a teacher. I work in an office, but it's obviously a little bit different to that. I think for me what it really captures, uh, what I really liked about it, is there's a sort of weird existentialism to it because really so much of the theme of the film is, you know, what are we doing in our lives? What's the point of working in an office for somebody else? Um, they have a conversation about if you had a million dollars, what would you do? That should be the job that you do because it's not about making somebody else money. It's about kind of doing what you do well. So the moment when he gets hypnotised and he's calm about all that, is a really I mean I don't know if you ever get those epiphanies almost where you kind of see the mean like there's a sort of existential meaninglessness and you go so therefore I'm therefore I'm untouchable yeah in some way yeah there's a certain nihilism that comes with working in an office <laughs> yeah you get too long it's like being on your own for too long and questioning the, you know, your own existence <laughs> yeah. um, you know Jennifer Aniston's in it who's obviously the biggest star at the time but doesn't overpower it she doesn't come in sort of all quaffed yeah and we're talking about Jennifer Aniston at the peak of Friends 1999 Jennifer which Aniston, was yeah. amazing because it was a relatively small film at the time yeah, wasn't 10 it? million budget I think the only reason she took the role was because she knew the guy plays Michael Bolton she, oh, she knew him from college. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she, uh, Mike Judge described her as uh, playing the beautiful loser type quite well. You know, a yeah. little while ago we, t- we did Place Beyond the Pines and we talked about Eva Mendes being a beautiful Hollywood actress but being able to play a diner waitress. And Jennifer Aniston's great in this as being someone who's obviously gorgeous but she's just sort of not that interested in she's like watching yeah. kung fu. You can imagine she likes like rock and metal music and that sort of thing. Like doesn't yeah. really care about being fabulous and she couldn't really carry a film at, at the time Jennifer Aniston she couldn't sell tickets so a few of the friends cast but she was like the did. most famous woman in the world at the yeah. Time. yeah you wouldn't believe it would you watching yeah. this it's easy to over under it's easy to under exaggerate that or something yeah. <laughs> <But it is laughs> to underestimate it, it, how yeah. how rich uh, I think it was, was because there was that there was a gulf wasn't it between TV star and film star yes and it was hard for TV people especially in the yeah. 90s 
to make that jump. This is before things now. Like along came Polly. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The Friends cast really have not been in that many successful films. Matt LeBlanc, what, Lost in Space? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that Connie in the cinema. Was in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I was Connie 10 years old. Scream. Scream, yeah. That, I mean, that was a, she was, that that was was a big deal, that Big film. deal. That made a lot of money. And she's not really, a, she's but she's more Cougar Town now, isn't she? And Matthew yeah. Perry, what, The Long Nine Yards and 13 going on, no, what is it? Not 13 going on 30, 17 again. What was the film again. he was in yeah. with Selma Hayek in like 97? Oh dear! Is that t- three to tango or something like that? It's where he ends up marrying like a Mexican woman for some reason, <laughs> and falls in love with her after he married her. And Probably, but it's a good film. Takes three to tango. It's one of those. So, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I, we can't remember the name of the film, and you're looking on your phone to find it. David Schwimmer's in what? Run, fat boy, run. He was in Six Days, Seven Nights with Anne Hesh. He was and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. and um, I think just a face, this beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was Mexican. <laughs> Six days and seven nights. Anne Hesh, it was Anne Hesh. Was Hesh. it Anne Hesh? Yeah. Look at you, just mixing up. I thought it was Meg Ryan. No, I, exactly. I remember watching that film. Yeah, you were wrong. And, um, you know, uh, who was the other one? Lisa Kudrow, she's been in a couple of big films, actually. Uh, Fools Rush In. Fools Rush In. You've <laughs> seen Fools Rush In. <laughs> of course I have. 1997. No, no, I had critical faculties. Um, <laughs> what? No, it's good. You've not seen it? No, genuinely. No. I mean, now it looks rubbish, but back in like... <laughs> not selling it. 98, it was funny. And that's the weird thing. So yeah, TV and film, it, it it goes better now than you know. Tom Hardy being a huge movie star is then in um, that film, that TV show, Peaky Blinders. You know, whereas that would be unthinkable before The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and all that sort of stuff. The other really great thing I like about it is David Herman's character, Michael Pollan. <laughs> he's got this sort of nerd rage thing. You know, he's 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 a sort of white guy who likes hip hop and you know, and he's just full of rage. Yeah. And, He's a very happy, and I I use the when he, when he's dealing with a printer jam uh, thing, and he's going, yeah, let's do that, let's do that. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that quite a lot. When something is laying down, like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to do, computer. And as, as updated as this, as the computers are in this this thing, I still we still have those problems. You know, the, te- oh, the technology is just more advanced now. So printers are still as yeah frustrating as they were twenty I mean, years ago. Paper's so thin, and it's always going to be. Why are they always jamming? <laughs> How do they always that's jam? Your job to not jam honestly you know call me crazy (laughs) but I'm sure when they design these things they're going (laughs) there's people in a malaise in an office somewhere who have been tasked to make printers and they're like well if we just make it off by a fraction of a millimetre then every now and then it'll jam and wind somebody I'm never going to meet up (laughs) Jack Neither's a good bit about um, toasters you know he puts some bread in the toaster and it burnt the toast it's like who's making this toaster you know he's all these friends from the same school going up to Ferrari and all that and he gets his first day what is it Thomas Hobbs yeah, yeah Russell Hobbs <laughs> Russell Hobbs <laughs> right you put it up to eight it burns down the house <laughs> you know? yeah. really... it's like why, why would that be a setting on a toaster <laughs> yeah. yeah even a crumpet can burn in a, in a oh, toaster it's like I mean... a shower why would you have it <laughs> scaldingly hot yeah, why, would, why would that even be an option it's on not the yeah. <laughs> showers are their own their own thing entirely yeah, yeah. I mean why is it like two percent two, yeah. like a two degree angle there's a great meme on the internet where it's uh, someone's put on the realistic dial of a shower, yeah. and it's uh, and it's got like instead of it being like hot and cold, it's yeah. basically uh, on one side of the dial it's Mordor, and then like a <laughs> fraction of an inch up it says like the Antarctic or something like that. And there's just this sweet spot, like like the Earth is in the solar system, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, nudged out of it, where it's yeah. fried. <laughs> yeah. 
and um, closer and you, yeah, any further away and you freeze yeah exactly so in general terms the office space great performances really funny dialogue we have to say you know lots of great one liners and uh, not necessarily one liners but loads of great moments and just really captures that malaise and what what I've really noticed is um, in re-watching The Office again is really that I don't think that's part of it is the quarter life crisis is that you're in your 20s maybe early 30s and you go what the hell am I doing in my life part of it seems to be almost that stage of culture in the late 90s being of kind of like asking well then what is the point I think um, in, in the late 90s and early 2000s I think there was um, a period where downsizing was a, a real issue yeah. before that it wasn't really it was looked down on downsizing streamlining and then so you know companies thought we'll get rid of people and give the remaining workers t- twice the work yeah. and then we'll you know save money that way and yeah. then you, then it went back to getting looked down on but it was there was a time in this period where people were genuinely worried about downsizing it was mm-hmm. a real trend <laughs> it's the whole plot of the first season of the office isn't yeah. it you know that's the whole thing and then they merge and it's yeah it's increasing technology there's a weird maybe we hadn't had a war for long enough so there was like a meaninglessness <laughs> to you men's lives there was that crisis of masculinity well, maybe or something it was like the um, y2k thing they yeah. they hired all these people and then suddenly they're useless they don't, it's like christmas works almost yeah. but for a couple of years <laughs> yeah so there is this great we've used the word malaise now four times i think and that's really what's kind i think you're falling into a malaise <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and this malaise vortex and that's really what it's called <laughs> malaise like, vortex. So well. is that less than a black hole <laughs> oh no he's being sucked into the malaise <laughs> vortex <laughs> quick get the tractor beam or down <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> now, because we watched this film with Hugh, we are going to see Hugh's um, reaction fairly soon. We've got a sense, because <laughs> if it's a comedy and he's laughing, we know he probably found it funny. And if he wasn't laughing... which I'm the greatest was, actor in the world if I was laughing. Yeah, <laughs> then we might, know, we might know they didn't find it funny. So I'm intrigued. You should be intrigued, because you weren't there to listen to him. But I'm intrigued to hear his detailed views okay. on this. Okay, just before we go into that, yeah. should, why, we, should why, we have oh, a... A Hughes Views jingle here. <laughs> there will be a Hughes Views jingle but eventually. We, yeah. yeah, we probably we, need to be critical of the film, perhaps. Yeah. So, is there anything that you wouldn't recommend about this mm. film? Do you have any second? Do we have any second thoughts? What it wouldn't like? I thought, just based on um, listening to previous episodes, Hugh might have an issue with the plot because it is a bit all over the place. Mm. Like you said, it starts out as a a guy who hates his job. It's um, uh, suddenly starting to realise that that's not what life is all about then it becomes a romantic comedy for a bit then it <laughs> becomes a heist movie um, so I think you maybe t- took issue with that I think um, so and is, I there think a, is there anything objectively you both thought oh, that actually when I, when I, when I very think, good when I think back I do think that the trans thing the hypnotism is the starting point of him changing and then it's very it's not really addressed after that it goes on for so long he makes a comment of maybe it's wearing off or something but it falls apart a bit there I think really it's only on reviewing possibly that you start to see this foreshadowing that makes it more coherent but it really is a bit all over the place without that so you see Milton saying I could set fire to the building (laughs) (laughs) or you see uh, Michael Bolton saying well you know I could take these people for for a lot of money so it does it does weave in quite well but there are those structural problems I think yeah it does um, because you think because it doesn't really seem like he's in a trance for the rest of the film. Yeah. 
because um, he does seem more a lot more aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and he, has, he can be stressed about things, can't he? Yeah. So yeah, well, after the break, we're going to hear Hugh's views. Welcome back to Please Watch This. We are excited to find out what Hugh thought of 1999's Office Space. Hugh, um, well, before you give us your overall conclusionary summary of what you think, what did you like about the film? So, what I liked about the film was um, it was very funny. Um, Classic. It, it wasn't just set up punchline funny. It wasn't. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot of nuance to the the characters. But there was also comedic characters in there because it, it, it captured kind of life quite well in an office and how it can be. Mm. Um, turns it up to a little bit to eleven. They're types, times. aren't they? The caricatures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They from a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, but not in a bad way. Where it's it's like, well, that wouldn't happen. I always like it when something feels realistic, mm. you know. And the creator, Mike Judge, you know, did um, you know Silicon Valley, um, famously Beavis and Butthead. Also did um, King, King of the Hill, yeah, Idiocracy. Yeah, so he he's he's very nuanced kind of producer, but he knows how to he he finds the hilarity in the mundane, mm-hmm. and it's it was more the interaction of the characters and the, the life they were leading, as you said, the the kind of existential crisis what the hell am I doing here why do I work in this place <laughs> yeah. that's just what I do um, there's a great scene as well where he's, he's he's working out with his friends at Tchotchkes I think or at Starbucks or something um, how long he could go without working and how how, how long his money would last yeah. so he said I could just go, not go to work um, they need this many months I, so I could last on two months of money I could last another four months on my credit cards they need six months before they evict you or kick you out and then about two months before they start coming and getting you stuff so I've got about a year where I don't <laughs> have to do anything and they go yeah but after that you're going to be a homeless you're going to be a street walker uh, or street, <laughs> man on the street or something and he says yeah but then I'd, I'd have a year to figure out a really good way of getting lots of money <laughs> <laughs> which we've all sort of thought we've all sort yeah, of thought Course. Why am I doing this running on this treadmill like this wheel, you know, this mouse yeah. wheel? Yeah, the uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed the fact that the guy had such he had achievable aims as well. He was like, <laughs> his his purpose was I just don't want to do this job. Yeah. I, what do you want to do? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that definitely speaks to me a bit, and I think probably to everyone. I mean, there, are there people who that doesn't speak to? I mean, yeah. there get, are those people, aren't they? Yeah, some people are highly motivated and they can't, they can imagine not doing nothing. Yeah. And I think they, there's just, that scene, isn't there, when he just doesn't go into work on the Saturday mm-hmm. and he just lays in bed all day. And to him, it's almost like, uh, almost like a religious experience yeah. because he's just not done something. Um, so I think that character clearly was drilled in that he was supposed to do something every day and that yeah. one day he doesn't do anything he's like wow this is amazing this is <laughs> I, what I want to do I was speaking to them the other day and they said I, I, I didn't even wash up until 8.30 <laughs> bloody hell for me it's like I didn't wash up till Thursday do you know what I mean like if it gets to 8.30 and I'm tired I just decide I'm not going to wash up that day do you know what I mean and, yeah. and I think I think I can speak for all three of us when I say that we would happily do nothing for a long time until we got sick of that oh yeah, yeah. I, you know. I've done that before <laughs> I signed on for three months and after two months yeah. you think this isn't 
this isn't that great. I yeah. wish I had a job. Yeah, <laughs> while you're working, you think, well, I really wish I didn't have a job. And yeah. I could make just enough to get by. And then after a little while, you go, this is fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh, like if I've got a day off or something like that, I'll play FIFA and eat chocolate and drink beer and I'll hate myself by the end of the day. <laughs> but it's exactly what I wanted to do at the well, start of the day. Because what you don't realise is you've got to spend all that time with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've just thought of a great new travel agency idea. <laughs> what, the t- is torture? A holiday from yourself somehow. Holiday. I mean, I have to work out the tech, but you just put it on your wrist yeah. and you press a button. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, we can do that already, but we just can't bring them back from that holiday. Ah, true. Yeah. yeah. But if anyone wants to fund it out there, you know, <laughs> some <laughs> sort of total recall yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. to Sharon Stone on Mars. <laughs> total situation. Yeah. Um, it Get was... your ass away from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Consider it a divorce. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you mentioned total recall. That's where my brain went. <laughs> So yeah, I also it was a nice <laughs> slice of like watching a good film from the nineties. Yeah, again that I didn't see at the time. Um, I'm almost ashamed that I didn't see this film in like ninety nine or two. It did surprise me last week when we found out Hugh didn't re- I didn't really know much. And I think that's the, that's the cult classicness of it. You know, it barely made its money in the cinemas and then found mm-hmm. a life on VHS, which is really the story of the nineties good films like Shawshank, for example. Yeah, you know, yeah. Films like I heard it was one of at the time it was one of the most popular VHS rentals. Right, um, yeah. up there with Jaws. Right, wow. <laughs> so Which is crazy to think it barely made ten million at the cinemas. You yeah, know? and uh, and that's just what is that? I mean, is it? How would you market this film? How would you make a trailer that that accurately depicts that sort of you know I would lean, ball comedy? Well, as you said earlier, is that it? It doesn't have a specific plot structure from beginning yeah, to end it's yeah. basically three plots in one that's film. right what would the trailer would so, you put the heisty bit in the trailer that would be or? that would have to, I would almost do three trailers I'd do one yeah. about the heist one about the bit of the rom-com element yeah. to it and then maybe one about like midlife crisis or when you can't you find with, meaning in life Find a woman, steal some money from a corporation, and then yeah. and then be, be in a, a builder. World. <laughs> yeah. In a world where office workers are in cubicles. Yeah, I don't, maybe that was the issue. Really, I, obviously, we, I don't remember the trailers from the time. And yeah, you find this a lot with this kind of film. I like that as well. That it's I've written down here. It's it's more of a satire, a satire than a parody. Interesting. I think it would have been easy for Mike Judge to slip into the parody elements of things. Right, um, and there is a bit. There is a bit of it when they destroy oh, it's so funny when they destroy the photocopy <laughs> but there is very much that scene comes out of the tone of the rest of the film mm-hmm. it, um, it almost looks like they filmed that maybe near the beginning of the project <laughs> yeah. and they didn't know where to put it in but you wanted that as a tableau <laughs> but it is it's like that is you know because you can see him holding him back from yeah. it and it's yeah. like well that and we spent all evening googling that. what film did that first because it felt like it felt like yeah it felt like a parody it a shot it? for shot parody or something that's not White Boys in the Hood yeah like it looks like it's a reference to something when he goes back and starts hitting it with his hands that feels like it must be something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, there wasn't much to dislike about this film. Oh, it's, great! It, yeah. It's hard to dislike a film this funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it you can judge it on its own merits, and by its own merits, it's funny. I mean, you, know, we, you laughed out loud seven or eight times yeah. at least. You know, yeah. that's 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 fine for There's, us. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like. Milton's a very funny character. I mm. don't think you would get a character like that now in 2019. Right, the sensitivity thing. Yeah. Before we watched it, he was asking us, is there anything that dates this? There's one mention of fudge packers as an insult, which is really homophobic. Yeah. 
Other than that, not really, but Milton, I think. Yeah, he's clearly a man with a learning disability or <laughs> yeah. something. And yeah. we're going, oh, isn't he quirky? And yeah. A, you know, he's set up as quite annoying. And, you know, they. But then Mike Judge might defend that and say, well, what does that character do mm. throughout the course of the narrative? Mm. So I wouldn't say it's a bad thing that he's in it. He's just, he's there. He make, he's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. It's a bit insensitive looking at it through our lens now, 20 years later. But having said that, there are characters like that. They're, like The more that somebody like Kevin from The American Office or even Homer Simpson or something, the stupider they get as a character of themselves, the more you think, this is a mental problem <laughs> you, know, you know like yeah. really you could diagnose Sheldon say from Big Bang Theory if, if we watch that or so, you know something like that where it's seen as mm. I mean there must be characters like Milton nowadays surely well then, then people like that haven't gone away if that yeah. makes sense I mean, it's in, just we don't make fun thing. of them anymore yeah, if that makes true. sense yeah. or we try and we shouldn't make fun of them but that's us putting our ethics from tw- 20 years later on yeah. a period where it was borderline funny. Yeah. It was, you know, you might have laughed and gone, oh yeah, he's a, like you said, he's a cartoon character of people yeah, who I've worked literally with. literally a character, cartoon character. Yeah, I literally, think. yeah, as you said. So maybe that would be the only, but that's me maybe being a bit it's high, one, highbrowing it. Yeah, maybe. It's one of those where you go, I've got to find something wrong with it. And, yeah. You know, I, I also wonder if you made this today, what would be different other than the computer technology? I well, it's just thing different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be prepared for Y two K. Or he's getting in early for Y three K. Yeah, I think the the guy I forgot his name. Uh, the guy who came up with the jump to conclusions. <laughs> well, he, uh, yeah, Tom. He he had this idea that he, well, he says the the way you you're supposed to do it in America is you come up with an idea mm. and that's how you make your money. I think nowadays. Yeah, I think nowadays you come up with a really good idea, but then sell all your shares to Google before it gets before too really good. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get all the lawsuits, like get you ten million. Yeah, no, a bit like Silicon Valley kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, but no. Yeah, know. there may be some reference to social media and apps and things or something in there, but it's still big corporations. People still work for their yeah. whole working life for without seeing any benefit other than their pay packet. Yeah, Peter yeah. gets a lot of co- uh, messages on his answering machine. But now yeah, he goes, or he like he comes into the office just to get his address book so he could write down uh, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's number. Yeah. But other than the tech, I mean, the themes are still quite they're still quite relevant. We still worry. Yeah, I guess this is you know as we with technology we do that, don't we? We we do worry about our place in. I don't know. It's a great film. <laughs> it's yeah. such a good film. Yeah, oh, it's, it's cool. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I'm glad you, I watched it. I I was worried beforehand mm-hmm. that honestly, like if sometimes when you're obviously friends with somebody, you just, you tend to share a similar sense of humour, mm-hmm. but some things. Around, like it's more like it's more like a spectrum yeah. rather than we both I know he will like that because sometimes I might find something really funny and you'll be like yeah that's not funny <laughs> so yeah. I was worried oh my god maybe the reason I hadn't watched this was because I was never going to find it funny right, and yeah. I'd sit there going <laughs> and I'd find the jokes awkward and you'd be like if, as if you liked, if you loved Napoleon Dynamite I'd be like oh, no, I don't really you know we wouldn't meet on that <laughs> in that way yeah like I don't really like Oh good, yeah. So we've <laughs> got a very similar sense of humour in most ways. Yeah. Should we get into some? Let's get into some specifics then. Before we talk about our favourite scene and our favourite lines, um, maybe just some of the things that stood out then as as kind of. At what point did you realise that it was going to be a film you liked rather than? Yeah. Um, oh, 
Was it very early on? Was it they, were they, when they're in traffic and they're swearing and a guy comes past and he puts, his, <laughs> he puts the lockdown when he's singing rap music and all that? Or? No, because I think there's some... That, at the beginning of a film, they always make what I class as easy jokes. Right, yeah. Stuff yeah. that's... Just the visual gags to... Yeah, yeah. they set the... You know, this like um, we was... You know, they, it shows you how to watch a film, the beginning of a film. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to teach you how to watch this film. Yeah. So I was... And so I was kind of looking at it through that prism of... It, oh this is what was funny in 99 sort yeah. of thing um, and I laughed because they were funny but I think really what got me was at, at the very beginning when the re- reoccurring joke of the um, the cover sheet oh, the for, TPS report, for yeah. the TPS report and the fact that he had three people in like the space of two minutes come mm. up to him and talk to him about it yeah. and it was like yeah this is where like you said we worked in offices that might not happen in two minute spaces but if something happens on a Monday, yeah. you might hear again about it yeah. on a Tuesday or a Wednesday yeah, that week. Yeah. yeah, so I really like that. And then in the next scene in the diner, what's going on with your TPS yeah. reports? Yeah. The guys yeah. who got in you and could trust yeah. and were yeah. like, yeah. Like I'm, a, I'm always a sucker for a good callback because yeah. it shows that yeah, yeah. they care about the narrative and the structure and the and the mm. the building of that. It's not human. just a series of sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I laughed out really loud when the hypnotist went oh, what did he say so Peter says to him uh, each day uh, my life is worse than the last so when you see me that's going to be the worst day of my life and he says so is this the worst day of your life yes and then he says he's like oh, I can't remember what he says that's really messed up that's really he's meant to be yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry sorry yeah, he's meant to be the therapist he's like that's really messed up that <laughs> That I wasn't expecting it, that response. Yeah, and I like the builder for the heart attack. He doesn't go, oh! it's like he, he senses something and then his hands, he's, he's kind of uh, squeezing his hand, his left arm is going, yeah. yeah. And then and they sweat. Every time he goes back to him, he's got more and more sweat. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if he was putting himself. See, with that scene, mm. you can play it for two ways. It can be either effective and the character does something because you know it's a comedy, it's going to subvert yeah. your expectation. Yeah, yeah. You know, not to. Dissect comedy. So I was either like, he's gonna go three, two, one, wake up, be back in the room, and he's gonna fall asleep because mm-hmm. he's like, why am I here? This is really, really boring. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you wait for something, a punchline. Yeah, and then it to be, well, this visibly very old white man <laughs> is having a heart attack, but he's trying to do his job at the same time. Somehow keeping his toupee on the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I think something maybe actually something that I was a bit wary of. Um, was when they introduced the the, the neighbour um, Lawrence Lawrence yeah characters like that can be v- if done badly can be very annoying yes and they yeah. can be gr- gear grindingly annoying yeah and I it's like that the whole joke is I've got a moustache and a and a, and a mullet yeah. yeah but actually that was just a really good extra addition yeah I think Lawrence might be my favourite character he just has four or five of the best lines in it. and again <laughs> just a little little character moment when he comes in and he goes to grab a beer from the fridge and he's got his own bottle opener I just <laughs> love that I just love that I was like, no no you're fine I've got but it's, that, it's, it's that that could have fallen into parody very quickly yes, yeah. and it is a he is quite a par- not paradoxical he's a caricature yeah he is yeah. a caricature of something maybe a character's people we don't have in this country mm-hmm. so it pops more for us when we look at people yeah. like that because they do seem larger than life and there is always a little of making, you know, comedy does always end up having someone that yeah. is the butt of the joke. And these people, they're clear that is the butt of the joke, mm-hmm. but he's 
is very aware of who he is so he exactly, owns it yeah, and that yeah. makes him not a parody it makes he is him somebody that person. Peter envies because he lives his life he lives his life he knows who he is he's not putting on airs and grace exactly yeah he's not yeah. Like, he's not the butt of the joke all the time actually he's more yeah. together isn't he with Peter yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when he but on his own terms <laughs> he's, yeah. I was going to say that so they can sorry so the, just so the audience can hear that <laughs> when he says um, yeah do you want to come over he goes no man I'd, I don't want you fucking up my life because <laughs> <laughs> you laugh on two levels you laugh on it, even Lawrence is turning it down and also you feel like surely his life is fucked up but actually no he's happy in his life you know honestly I thought at that point Lawrence was going to come in and save the day <laughs> I thought that was the way they were going with it and when he drops that Oh, with the laundering, he'd have some yeah. laundering skills as a yeah. He just know he would just it was this is it. He wasn't a parody. He wasn't like oh, I can get you out of this. Yeah, uh, you, you, you're in my world now. It's more no, fuck off. I'm not <laughs> yeah. Get in touch about your toxicity. You know, I've not mentioned the TV show Community for a little while. Oh, we're gonna bring okay. in here. You're ruining this <laughs> show that I genuinely <laughs> quite like. By oh, like you've ruined one of my quiz questions, <laughs> Sam. What? episode of Community did this film remind you of? So it reminded me of an episode where Britta is in love with a carny, right? She's a woman and he's back in town and she tells her friends, hide my phone, put it, put it wherever you can don't let me talk to him because I will want to jump on him, like I will want to get back with him and Jeff's very jealous of this because he wants that effect on women so basically he goes to find this guy and he's just a, he looks a bit like Lawrence actually, you know and he's working at a carny and a carnival and he's, he's just a bit nothing in it and and he finds himself wanting to impress him. And he says, what's your secret? And he goes, well, if you must know, I had a brain injury and it knocked out the part of my brain that fueled shame. <laughs> <laughs> and so people just like me. He's like, you know, oh, I can't remember what Jeff says, but he says, you know, doesn't that bother you? And he goes, well, I don't know. It doesn't well, affect how mustard tastes. <laughs> he's like, and he just really loves that about him. And Lawrence is that. He doesn't feel shame. He's just himself and he's so comfortable in his skin. And actually that's end of what Peter wants to be like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he's, he's been channeled into this world that he's not comfortable in. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's like Thor at the Endgame or something like that. You know, he's, That's the, very much the allegory I saw in this film, retroactively. Let's get into specifics then. Let's get into our favourite scenes. What was your favourite scene, Joe? My favourite scene was probably the one with Lawrence when they talk about what they would do with the <laughs> <laughs> Just Well, I, I don't know. I couldn't really decide on one. Um, it's either that scene or the scene with the two bobs. Yeah. Um, which is uh, several scenes, but there's there's one where it's with Peter. Um, the first two bob scene or the second the, two yeah, bob scene. The first one with the guy who builds, makes the jump to conclusion. Oh, top, uh, and then the one with top, Michael Bolton. Uh, yeah. yeah, straight <laughs> after. <laughs> I'm a, he's like, I'm a people person. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say you, you do here? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my secretary does that. <laughs> yeah, that's really well laid out as to like how useless he is. And he's got a secretary who does the job that he's supposed to be doing that's also useless. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Hugh? Um, it's not so much a favourite specific like sketch or one shot. I put down the um, "Damn it, feels good to be a dan- gangster" montage yeah. just because we've all wanted to do that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Park where you want to park. I don't drive, but if I did drive, you want to. I've worked in places where the parking's a nightmare mm-hmm. and it's like a topic of conversation. And it's just like. Oh, just Park there because there's a space. Yeah, and I'm just here to do a thing. Is there just, in open-toed sandals? Yeah, yeah. just guts of fish at his desk. <laughs> yeah. Tells him on a TPS. Tells his boss. 
Nah, go away. Not yeah. now. <laughs> I'm playing know. Tetris. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah, the drilling down of the cube. That's a really um, you know emancipating moment. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you can see a window. Brilliant. Yeah. The squirrels where they were married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, and I obviously I've mentioned earlier the photocopier scene is mm-hmm. we've all if you've ever had to photocopy anything yeah and it, they're, they're great when they work <laughs> they're fantastic for seven minutes occasionally yeah and then awful for 25 uh, oh god yeah the amount of photocopying you must have to do fair mm. amount fair, we've got a reprographics department in school though now so, have you? so I try not to do any of my own printing if I can help it we just That's, do booklets and yeah I let mean, someone else deal with that and she's great so yeah I mean she would she would relate yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The whole job. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But there's so many good moments in it. There's so many. Um, it's hard to pin down one that you go, so that's the standout. Yeah. Because it just keeps doing funny scene after funny scene. Yeah. Like in the second half of the movie when he's in the basement. Um, <laughs> um, for some reason, um, uh, Lundberg. Lundberg goes down to him and tells him he needs to, to basically get a torchlight. If you could get yourself a can of pesticide and a torchlight, like, we're not even going to prevent, present you with it on this <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sam? What was your favourite scene? Um, I, I do, I love the bobs. I particularly love when Pete's in with the bobs and it's your typical day because that's really the, the culmination of the hypnosis and his possible career. I really also like the first office scene where they're asked, where they're saying, what would you do with a million dollars? Because that's really setting up the point of the film, really. You know, where he's talking to Samir and Michael Portman uh, about what they would do with it. And they're not quite getting it. And um, that's kind of... He's trying to say to these other workers, why are we doing this? Shouldn't we be doing something we love? And they're not getting it when they're in the Tchotchkes or Starbucks, I can't remember where they are first time. I think Tchotchkes. And, um, you know, they're saying, he's saying, uh, what if you were still in this job at 50? And Samir says, it would be nice to have that job security. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very realistic goal, isn't he? He's not like, oh, this, that'd be awful. He'd be like, no, I'd have a job. (laughs) I'd have a living, yeah. Why would I want to not have that? When I finished my degree, I went to work in a, like, factory, like, awful sort of, cotton wool factory sort of place and there was a in my in the first 19th week century, there, in the 19th it was Dewsbury yeah so yeah <laughs> in 2010 in Dewsbury yes um, and there was a guy who was working in pipe and flat cap who was uh, he was retiring after 35 years at this place and I bet working he did the on this same machine, machine doing the same machine that I, that I figured out how to do in two hours I'm sure he did as well and that was his job for 35 years and he was I met a guy like that when I worked off um uh, a large manufacturing company of biscuits <laughs> based in the Batley area. <laughs> Where our grandparents met. Yeah, yeah so for you two, I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just those people, they're like, how long you worked here? Oh, I've worked here 20 years on this machine, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> how are you not crying <laughs> when you say that? And that? But that's a generational thing, isn't it? We're not expected to keep the same job. Forever. No, but that's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be good. <laughs> well, you could have your job for. Well, I'll try. I'll try. Till you're sixty. Till I'm bored. I think that's yeah. that's my current uh, my current job. Um, favorite till you're bored. Till I'm bored. Kids, I'm bored today. <laughs> <laughs> and so so far, I'm not bored. So it's fine. Do you have a favorite um, line? Well, I've got a question first of oh, all. Oh, fantastic. Oh, question. Be- outside not, of the question. It's not a question. Bring him in. gives us questions <laughs> outside the, the question section. No chance. A question about the bobs. The bobs. Right. The company's downsizing. 
they're trying to streamline, they're trying to save money. Why did they hire two consultants? <laughs> when That's they the joke, isn't it? My last job did that. My last, my last school, it was like failing, getting in loads of new teachers. Like seven or eight consultants at all times, on way more than any of the staff that were there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And their job was to fire and then promote Pete. Yeah, yeah, Peter. I don't know. Was that the joke? I didn't. Yeah, well, I thought the joke was that John C. McGinley's there for the first meeting, and then the second meeting they've got another guy there just to really make Tom more nervous. Like, who's the second guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it a good cop, bad cop? Yeah, (laughs) but I think something that this film captures really well is that that existential crisis of you could lose your job at any moment. Yeah, if the company just decides they're not using that office space anymore <laughs> yeah. downsizing. even if you've given them your 30s you know yeah, and, and yeah. 40 hours a week of that they can just say no you're not valuable enough to this company we'll, we'll ship it off to Singapore or some of this work yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basic protocol uh, favourite lines then have you all got your favourite lines yes go on Joe I'm ready to go as the guest what was your favourite line of the film my favourite well I've written down three Oh, he's going to take all of the good ones. Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll only tell you one first. of them. Uh, yeah, um, Peter's just told Lawrence um, that if, had, if he had a million dollars, he'd just sit on his ass and do nothing and stare at the walls. And Lawrence says, "You don't need a million dollars to do that. Look at my cousin; he's broke. Don't do shit." <laughs> I think it was ad-libbed. That's what yeah. I heard Mike Trigg say. Yeah, that is just great. That is good. One of my, I think my favourite line is from that same conversation. I don't know if he's got this also ready. Um, is it the way? <laughs> what would you do, you do with a million dollars? Sits forward, completely stern-faced. I tell you what, I'd do. And it's like he's got a plan. He's going to move to Mexico. So two jokes at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and then Pete's like <laughs> and he's just sturdy <laughs> he's dead serious about this he's thought about it <laughs> and I think that was the one that it's got him it's just the way <laughs> when fucking Peter looks at him and he laughs out loud and he's just dead past him <laughs> that's it that's how happy <laughs> like money (laughs) that's he's an easy to please man he doesn't have an existential crisis because he's living his life (laughs) he's living his best life (laughs) that's all he ever wanted (laughs) he was like you could do that anyway he was like Chicks, I go for <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, make yeah. a difference. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Money, you know, chicks love money. Not all chicks. The kind who double up on a guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> proper tickled me that as you just <laughs> Was that your Was that your number one? Um, it wasn't actually. <laughs> I went with um, so if you get the TP. TPS reports done. Oh, yeah. Just that constant talking about the TPS reports from the start yeah, of the film. Yeah, if you could just go ahead and... To the end of the film. <laughs> um, yeah, those lines. Every time that was in there, I was just laughing inside. Yeah, that's good. Or I was laughing out loud. Or, yeah. You're in um, some state of laughter. Yeah. There's another running joke that I like where they, they can't pronounce Samir's surname. <laughs> like they were saying, Naga. Not going to walk here anymore. <laughs> yeah. And again, apparently that was ad libbed. That's the, one, of the, one of the best out laugh out loud. Or somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> yeah, Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they. That's the final straw. Yeah. <laughs> a, at the end of the, the conversation, it was often, you know, I could, I'm going to set this place on fire, or I could put strychnine in the guacamole. 
<laughs> just to himself more like <laughs> really well foreshadowed I thought the fire because <laughs> he said yeah. it <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. last straw <laughs> yeah I can't do the impression but he just goes that's the last straw yeah. uh, is, is Stephen Root the most underrated actor working today he's not a household name but he's a household face yeah. I don't know what else he's been in he's, he's been in a film that we've watched on this very podcast in fact, we're not going to say because it's one of the podcasts. It's one of the questions at the end. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, just, I've just told you that. <laughs> you know, so, well, okay, okay, I'll ruin one of the questions. He's in Get Out. He plays the blind man in Get Out. Who wants his eye? Uh, so that's Stephen Root, man. That's Stephen Root. See so, you know what I mean? Like, the, like most people would have the reaction you're reacting where you're going, oh, he's like five of my favourite characters of all time. Yeah. He's brilliant in Get Out. Yeah. He's one of the best things about that film. He's in one of the best. He plays... Um, Oh, uh from Dodgeball. Oh. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I thought that was Rick Tom. Oh, Christ, you're right. No, he's not, no, he's not Hula, Hula But he is in Dodgeball. He's yeah, he plays one of the average Joes in Dodgeball. That's right. And he's never he's never going to be a lead in a film, but he's just brilliant in everything, isn't he? And he's slightly different in everything. Like yeah. in uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, he always plays a slightly odd... Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And he's played like a 60-year-old for about 30 years, it seems. He's never been 40. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been one of those people who went great at an early age, so yeah. it's quite easy to... Exactly. He plays Charles win. Ball's dad as well in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've not watched as much of that as I should have. Yeah. He seemed quite old in uh, news radio as well, didn't 90s, he? That yeah. was 94, 95. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... He's like uh, Peter Falk, we talked about in the past, you know, he's probably in the trench coat at 14. Yeah, I couldn't believe how like young Peter Falk was in... <laughs> yeah. in he was in his 30s, was he early 40s or something when he was in The Princess Bride? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not need that makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays a grandpa very well. Yeah. So, One more thing. I think we should play an agent appropriate actor for this role <laughs> <laughs> right so I think we've done favourite lines and favourite scenes join us after the break for ratings critics and quiz okay we're back in the room welcome back to please watch this Let's kick off with Hugh's rating. We're going to look at the critics shortly. Hugh, how many pieces of flair out of ten would you give this film? I would give it 15 pieces of flair. <laughs> that is the minimum. That is the minimum. Um, I would probably give it... What other comedies have we looked at on this show? We've looked at... 24-hour party people, I think. Yeah. Six. Did I give a six? Yeah. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, um, what we do in the shadows, you give a nine. I give a nine to that. Yeah, that's the benchmark. Oh, eight. An eight. That's yeah. good. I, I, I prefer what we do in the shadows. Yeah. I love that kind of awkward sort of fly on the wall documentary comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is really good as well. It is better than twenty four hour people, but it's it's comedy. It's subjective. Yeah. You know, one man's you know hilarious life of Brian is another man's bloody. Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> so, eight. I mean, I'm happy with that, Joe. Yeah, what, what would you give us uh, piece of flair-wise? I'd say, yeah, between eight and 8.5. Yeah. Um, I know you like your fractions, your decimals. <laughs> um, I'm a stickler for them. <laughs> yeah, you love it. Apparently. Um, okay, out of 100, what would you give it? 85. <laughs> there we go. That is perfectly, that is perfectly fine. That's as how it works. Yeah. 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 I'd go for a nine. 
I'm giving this a nine. This is in my yeah. probably my top twenty films of all time. I think certainly in my recommended films. Let's find out what the critics thought. As always, if it's before 2013, there's one critic we go to, and that's Roger Ebert. He gave it three out of four. So out of 100, he'd probably give it 75. <laughs> but if you, you could round down a fraction and then sort of put that into an account and do that a million times and, and end it with a retirement yeah. fund. Um, he, caught, he sort of talked about it being smart dialogue. A lot of his review was really a, um, a roundup of the, the synopsis of the plot, but he said, Judge, an animator until now, treats his characters a little like cartoon creatures. That works nuances of behaviour are not necessary because in the cubicle world every personality trait is magnified and the captives stagger forth like grotesques and they do you know the woman who says looks like a case of the Mondays you can't imagine her having a life outside of saying Mondays and Hell Days but yeah it does actually remind me how it, the way it's shot reminds me of an episode of Beavis and Butthead <laughs> it's very similar the way it's like, right. uh, I think I keep, I keep forgetting the guy's name. The Mike Judge, the pet, no, the pet rock guy. Who oh yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom. There's a scene where he comes out of the building, panicking that they're all going to get fired, and then they go. They cut down the grass. Yeah, merge. and that just reminded me very much of something out of Beavis and Butthead. Right. Just the way it's, it's shot. I don't Almost know. like a platform game. They're going yeah. from left to right on the screen. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, character's brilliantly self-unaware, isn't he? He <laughs> says, he goes, I didn't complain about my job as much as you did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all he does That's is... All he is. <laughs> and this is that bit when they're on the grass verges. He's like, he's like, oh, come on, every week you think you're going to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> but this time... <laughs> now, I also look for some negative reviews. I found a website called Plugged In, which um, takes a Christian perspective on film review. Uh, so cr- Wait... <laughs> Hang on. You found a website yeah. that takes a Christian point of view yeah. on films. I mean, are they Catholic Christians? Are they, are they I mean, Orthodox? He was Orthodox? Irish, I should mention. He's obsessed they, with <laughs> sex. Are uh, they, they're American, so... Uh, so just Christian. Evangelical? Just probably a bit, inv- okay. a bit homophobic, probably. Um, now, Bob Smythe, Smithhouse... Why would you be home? <laughs> he said, Office Space uses base fraternity humour, apparently designed to reach collegians on the verge of trading keggers for cubicles. Beyond its profane explicitness, this anachronistic film vilifies white-collar workers, or paints them as idiots, while subtly endorsing alcohol use and sexual promiscuity. What could have been a savvy send-up suffers from a weak script, unlikable characters, and sleazy humour. And I think it's good to have balance in your views. So, who wants to go first? (laughs) (laughs) We agree wholeheartedly, Bob Smithhauser. Um, Is that his real name? I mean... (laughs) I hope those aren't his real views. That's like he's, he's made that name. He doesn't get hate mail. Bob Smith, Smith Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watching Doogie House in his house. House. What's your name? Bar. <laughs> what, what's your name? What's your address? Ten Kings Road. <laughs> yeah. Bill Switch. Car. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree with uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, that's your views on it. Yeah, yeah. It I thought it was, it was a very funny film, um, but I. Yeah, couldn't it didn't escape my mind that they are all going to hell. Yeah. So. <laughs> they were endorsing I mean, alcohol use a bit too much and sexual promiscuity. I just thought yeah. it's a shame that they're all going to hell because I'm really enjoying this film. In all seriousness, maybe in reflection, maybe one little criticism you might have of the film is the main character gets very upset that he thinks mm. when he thinks his girlfriend has slept with his boss. Yeah, and I, I he's, read... and he gets angry at sorry to interrupt, yeah. but he gets angry at her for 
and he kind of says, well, I don't care who you slept with before me, it's not mm. important. But then at the same time, he, if he thinks it's somebody he doesn't like, then it became, it's interesting, a, it isn't became it? yeah. a thing. It's interesting. Do you ever get that where you can dislike it? You can dislike a, a guy because women like him and they shouldn't because he's awful. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but but certainly it's more that he judges her now, not for her sexual promiscuity, but because of her taste in men. Yeah, that he's everything that represents everything that is awful. Yeah, she could have slept with anyone, but it's Bill Lumberg, or at least he thinks it's Bill Lumberg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that guy who tells her about that—I mean, she's going to see the O face. Oh, oh. (laughs) you know, oh, (laughs) he's one of my favorite characters. I must admit, O face, and I looked on this on IMDb. Drew, the guy who works at the restaurant with uh, Jennifer Anderson's character, Brian. Brian, yeah, I thought they were going to get punched in the face. I just thought we're going to come up. No, and that's again—it's not—it's never—it doesn't fall into parody. I keep Mm. saying it, but in a. It's a very American thing for these characters to have something awful happen to them. Yeah. But in reality, people don't. They're just annoying, really. They're not bad people necessarily. They're just. They're just I mean, Drew. I mean, not Drew. Earthface is a definitely is a, is a douche. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Mike Judge, who wasn't credited in the film, is credited as. Um, uh, Chotchkin's manager yeah. Manager, yeah. oh yeah it's just his name isn't it and um, yeah and uh, but the, some of the best eye work you know just like <laughs> looking I mean that wasn't a very visual that's a very visual thing for a podcast but yeah. oh god if you could have been here right now it's like watching the film again <laughs> you'd be laughing as hard as these two are at my face <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the quiz let's see how well these two lads uh, um, first, saw the something I've realised actually though oh, just before we do this is we don't we've stopped doing is would I recommend this to other people <laughs> <laughs> the number one conceit of the show <laughs> I suppose at this point of the episode it gets a bit obvious but you, would you recommend this to no. people <laughs> <laughs> Please watch Did this. You watched it. All please right, watch Did. <laughs> please watch Did. Is that the um, show that listens the podcast that listens to our podcast and reviews our podcast? And no, we did watch. No, it. it's not. No, you know it's not. You mean Will? Yeah. No, I. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was. Yeah. I think you. Comedy is that thing, isn't it? Mm. You, you can only recommend it to the people that you think will find it funny. Yeah. So I could recommend this to somebody and they go, yeah, it was all right. Mm. Yeah, what would be the characteristics of a person that you think wouldn't like this? Film? Somebody who's worked in an office. Oh, who wouldn't like yeah. it? Yeah. Who hasn't worked in an office. <laughs> I mean... Would a 15-year-old who's never worked in an office I mean, understand it? Because I, I mm. did. and when, when we were young, we watched it. And but then... But I didn't you, love it for that reason. True. You, and you don't yeah. watch anything in isolation, do you? No, true. You didn't one day wake up 15 and here's, <laughs> this is the film you're going to watch and you're like, oh, I understandably, you know, yeah. relate with that. You watch, the, you've seen other comedies about office work and yeah. working life. And, I don't and also, think, if you go to um, school, you, you're forced to be around people who are annoying. You know, it's like an office environment. Yeah. I don't think Bill Lundberg would like this film, <laughs> that type of character, because yeah. they, they clearly just think, well, why didn't he just work harder and, yeah. you know, why doesn't he enjoy his job? Yeah, there's people who, I don't know, like, men who like, like Sheena Easton or something, like, you know, I can't, they were like real Bob middle Bob might not like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. He'd be like, oh, it's far too nuanced for me. <laughs> John C. Riley is amazing. Uh, sorry, no, John C. Riley isn't in this. John C. McGinley's really good in this. He's very good. David Herman described him as a man with live snakes up his ass. You know, he's just like, he can't wait to get going. Mike Judge, Mike Judge was saying, yeah, when, when do we get some cameras rolling here? And, you know, he's just ready to go. He does that, he does a wonderful thing where 
he's he's very good at his character thinking of something and then not being able to hide his <laughs> laughter. And yeah, I've seen him do it in Scrubs, and he does that in this when um, when uh, Peter's talking to him, and he just goes. <laughs> Again, not a visual medium. This, but yeah, yeah we got you that. Can, yeah. in the first scene where he inter- when he's in the interview, uh, the first interview with the two bobs. Then you'll, if you watch, go back and watch this film, you'll see. It, and he's so brilliant at that. And that's yeah. that's real acting. That's yeah. the you, you can when you see bad acting, it's because they don't. People in real life try and hide their emotions. Yeah, but then sometimes they fail quite badly, and that's kind of real <laughs> so life. It's him trying but failing. Yeah, there's a great, there's a great bit. Of, and his of, excitement is the character's excitement. Of, yeah. Oh my god, this guy's just landed on front of me. When he's saying like, on on the page, he's saying. Um, let me uh, paint a scenario for you and believe me this is hypothetical but he goes I'm going to paint a scenario for you and believe me this is hypothetical you know and he really like it's just an odd character isn't it it's yeah. really well done and he is he's a terrible person really because <laughs> yeah. it's like he'll be really friendly to someone and then the next as soon as they leave the room well can't wait can't yeah. wait to fire that guy yeah. and he's someone who loves Michael Bolton he's that like he's that majority of people who are giving popular music like they're buying this sort of stuff he wouldn't like this film <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's that sort of vapid like Bill Lundberg is a very vapid Do you man think, I think that's sometimes the art of comedy mm. is that comedians by and large when they have to write proper films and sitcoms is once you go past the flaws of the characters who are kind of looking into are they kind of your viewpoint on this world it's that they're able to caricature these aspects of people's personalities yeah. that are magnified through the lens of comedy which is why people like Alan Partridge characters like Alan Partridge and David Brent resonate so much because they are picking up on something where you're not going that's this person it's an amalgam of those t- types types yeah. and those traits of people that you just go I don't I can't relate to you but I, I can see that you know you see it everywhere let's get into the quiz then chaps quiz 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 so quiz. I'm, I'm really ostensibly quizzing Hugh if you can't answer it Joe's going to step in and see what he can do with it so first question name the company they work for Inter oh, in it tech in it tech very yeah in it tech yeah because I made the joke before when I was like in it bruv in it tech and what as a bonus question what do they then go to work for at the end that Orlando Jones's character uh, character also worked for, and it's not it's, Penny. <laughs> it's tech again, isn't it? It's not penetrate. It's uh, pro pro tech or something. <laughs> it's another inny. Oh, is it? Uh, I can't. Is it? It's inny trade. Very close. Any, 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 any trade. Any trade. Any trade. I was working down at Penetrode. <laughs> Fun fact: a little um, deleted scene actually was right at the end there, where it's Peter and Lawrence, and they're just finished like uh, like tidying up, tidying up. Like you know, they're doing the sweeping. They're, they're, you know, they're cleaning up the, the mess, and their boss is coming over to them, and it cuts just before there's a deleted scene where their boss comes over to them, pats them on the back, and goes. Yeah, so if you could uh, work a bit faster, that'd be uh, great. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's got another look. I don't know about you, Joe. Did you have fun with that fact? Because I'm not sure. I'm not I sure think if I'd I have hated that. <laughs> yeah. If they'd left that. You'd in. have married that fact if you had the chance. <laughs> What's the brand of stapler that Milton has? Staples? <laughs> <laughs> Joe? It's a swing line. Yeah, do you know the fact about this? 
Um, yeah, swing line. Hang on, hang on. Is it a fun fact? Because if it's not fun, it's sort of fun. Uh, the, in the film, Milton has a, a red swing line stapler, mm. um, but at the time, swing line didn't make a red stapler and started making one because people because people demanded to to have it off the, after yeah. watching this when film. People, when they say people demanded, does that mean like two people wrote a letter well, to the yeah, company? Well, yeah, people were asking for the red swing line, like, oh, we don't make them, and yeah. then they started. So making, then how did they get one for production? One. Painted it. Yeah. It sort of doesn't look is, No, it's well done. How, how else good, did this film... Um, well, in fact, this I think I know what Joe's ah, going to ask okay. you. Go on, Joe, what is it? Um, how else... Which other company was affected by this film in well, some way? I'm going to answer that question with question number th- three, okay. in, a, in a way. How many pieces of flair does Brian wear? Oh, Brian... So he's the thumbs up yeah. guy. Does he wear 30? Is it like double what she's got on? Because she's like, oh, I'm meeting the minimum requirement. I'm wearing what you told me to wear. It's not 30, but you're not a million miles off. 25? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's good. <laughs> well, that was a good, great quiz. Joe knows the answers. 37. 37. Oh, he has 37. And that is the other company that was affected by this film. Is that the one you meant? No, I was thinking... Um, TGI Fridays yeah. their staff used to have to wear flair and this film ruined flair yeah. essentially they still wear it though yeah it's not a, anyway at least in the that, at that time uh, Mike Judge and a few people went, they, they went to TGI's and they noticed they weren't wearing flair asked somebody there and they said oh it's because of that film Office Space <laughs> I bet they were delighted yeah, they? No, yeah. <laughs> but it is stuff like that if you've ever worked in I've never I've never worked in the food industry so I've, I don't have a direct experience mm. And I know it's very different in this country to what it is in America. Yeah. But I've worked in places where you have to kind of be chipper. Yeah, he's uh, chipper, isn't he? He's, bit, he's just irritatingly uh, chipper. And it's like they, they go out of their way to think of ways to be chipper. Yeah. And it's like, come on, just treat them like normal people. Yeah. Nobody can be that chipper for eight hours. No one's sick. sick working that No hard. one cares about the buttons yeah. and the badges <laughs> or no. yeah. stuff on somebody's uniform. What they care about is good service and their food being edible. And exactly. On time yeah. and taste and, and, and great. Not, and not a waiter who comes over and irritates you. Well, apparently sense. people did care because people with less flair got lower tips <laughs> on average. That's the you... sort of stat that you don't want for management hearing, isn't <laughs> and it? And this film ruined that and yeah. now people don't really care whether you're serving Tipping's very different though in America, isn't it? Isn't, yeah. yeah, it's a whole thing. You have to be, you have to be really overly friendly, don't you? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and it just feels, so, for us at least, it feels very fake and false, that sort of yeah. thing. So I don't like it at all. Um, question five, oh, sorry, question four, also in the same uh, ballpark. People come to Chotchkis for the what and the what. They don't come here for the food. They come here for the something and the something. It's alliterative. I don't have a clue. I don't I'll give you the first word. Go on then. They come here for the atmosphere and the... Arseholes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the answer to this one. The yeah, attractive waitresses. <laughs> yeah. The attitude. Oh, oh yeah, because I think I might have been talking to you at that point. <laughs> it's <laughs> to very possible. To be honest, something I do with comedies, once you kind of get a feel for comedies, you tend mm. to tune in at the bits that are funny. And yeah, you made bits... the comment that it's not line, 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 line in this film, is yeah, it? Yeah, so there was bits where you go, I don't really have to 
be dead cert to watch what's happening. Yeah. I'd have to be spot on. I can tune out and think about something else or check my phone. Or I suppose that's comedy films as well, isn't it? If it was yeah. a 20 minute thing, you'd have to have yeah higher ratio. I, I, I literally don't remember them saying that in the film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's my, maybe my problem, my attention span. I'll blame on you, that's fine. What are the na- surnames of the two Bobs? Ah. Oh. I thought I'd make this feel really difficult. I didn't write this down because I just called Bob 1 and Bob 2. I've not done the work. And, this and the credits also asked. just called them Bob and Bob. Yeah, they it? did, yeah. It's, in the, it's on the IMDb. I don't know. Do it does, it, they are mentioned in the film, but I don't yeah. remember their names at all. Bob Slidell. Yes, he does. He goes, This is Bob Slidell. He and introduces Bob Porter. Bob Porter. There's a final bonus question. Um, which well, is from, from one to two. <laughs> Easter egg question. Which TV show uses the name Pete Gibbons as an Easter egg reference to this film? Pretty sure Joe knows this. Yeah. I haven't, no. So I might know it, but I, is it another Mike Judge property? No. Not the, not even the same continent. Oh, is it something out of like an Australian comedy? No. <laughs> Joe, do you know? The Office. The Office, yeah, can you tell me the context? Yeah, I can't remember what they're talking about, but he's, he's saying, "Oh, I should have seen what we got, Pete Gibbons." Yeah, <laughs> as a, a leaving present or it's something. It's the end of season one. Yeah, the leaving present. Yeah, should have seen what we got, Pete Gibbons. And I found out through an office podcast that they're actually referring to Pete in this film. Ooh. In that, as a little, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see the direct line from this film to what Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais wrote. Yeah, and so season. much so that Mike Judge was approached to help adapt it for the US version turn it down and that's why Greg Daniels took over and went quite far with it <laughs> it was quite successful so yeah that is Office Space I think we've done everything we're supposed to do right there yeah yeah. you liked it you gave it an yeah, 8 yeah. out of 10 yeah I mean we could burn this whole place down but <laughs> <laughs> I could put a strict name in Greg and just to, um, <laughs> what are we doing next week Sam what are we doing <laughs> yeah. look, at Hello. look how he's, he's beat you under the table I thought you'd missed that sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you enjoy, you, did you enjoy that I'm glad you enjoyed that I could see the happiness on your face well that is the big question Hugh what, are, what film are we doing next week next week dying to know <laughs> so next week we're going to do Blade Runner 2049 Ooh, the sequel yeah because essentially was it a couple of weeks ago we went from being Blade Runner in the future to mm. now Blade Runner being in the past and I thought it was time on this podcast that we uh, opened that celebrate, kind of worms celebrate that fact. yeah absolutely <laughs> and we go you know we re- you enjoyed Arrival did you yeah. like Arrival Joe? I did yeah did you watch it? I did half of it <laughs> <laughs> so you enjoyed yeah the thing with Arrival is it's only great at the very end Right. It's a very enjoyable okay. film, and at the end you go, "Oh my god, it's a perfect film!" Anyway, so Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I've seen Blade Runner the original twenty nineteen. Um, I know some things about this film. I know something about who's in it. So Gosling's in it, Jared Leto's in it. I've also I'm a big fan of a YouTube um, channel called Corridor Crew. Yeah, they that one of the main guys on that waxes lyrical about. Yeah, that's a bit. Re- oh, it's a bit. Have you yeah, seen? Yeah, that spoiled a bit that, for me. That is a big spoiler, but. I've read a study that says that you actually enjoy a film more if it's spoiled for you, even though I hate spoilers. So I'm just going to go... I do go not agree with, with that. No, I don't on a personal I. level. <laughs> I mean, Joe, you've had every, every one of our 19 films spoiled for you, yeah. other than the ones you saw. <laughs> do you feel like you enjoy it more after you listen to this episode? I don't care about spoilers at all. Oh, no. Unless it spoils a really big twist, but the, sort of, the, the films you, you uh, cover... Really have big twists. Only one too, yeah. Yeah. I didn't enjoy knowing the spoiler for Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah, that really affected your 
Your yeah. 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 So I know that I know a, th- I know a thing. Excuse me. Um, you know he knows a thing, audience. I know a thing or two. But and that, two I, things. <laughs> oh, wow. Other than that, I really don't know much at all. About two more things than I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, well, enough. say goodbye, Sam. Well, before I do that, what if the audience want to say hello? That's their problem. <laughs> if they want to get in touch with us, Hugh. How could they go about doing that? So they can set fire to the office building that they work in. They can then go to the Caribbean with the uh, embezzled money that they've got from their firm. Um, and they can, I don't know, ring us, call us, email us from that... Uh, Should they order a pina colada? I mean, <laughs> they were huge salt, huge salt on the, on the rim of the glass. But if that's not an oppo- uh, available opportunity for them, they can email us True. at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Uh, Sam, if they want to interact with us personally, but not through a physical means medium mm. through like a virtual medium yes you know that Y2K thing that didn't <laughs> really happen in the end because people were aware of it planes falling out of skies I remember it well yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like um, the thing that they were worried about that breaking the, like, there was this, there's this big thing called the internet you might have heard of it how can they get on Twitter on leaps and bounds. there's a social media <laughs> social media app called Twitter if you want to go to the website it's https <laughs> colon sla- back forward slash forward slash www that's worldwide dot twitter that's t-w-i-t-t-e-r forward slash please watch pod if you've got the app if you've got the twitter app find us at please watch this oh no please watch pod Please watch pod, yeah. Yeah, please, uh, please watch pod. I should yeah, know that. Uh, please watch this was unavailable. That's right. There's, Somebody, there's if you've got please watch this Twitter handle, we'll pay you a, probably a two figures. I would say maybe two <laughs> double figures, possibly. I mean, yeah. give us a give us a year to insult. Anyway, so you can get us on Twitter. Please watch pod. That's where we're most active. You can also get us on Facebook at please watch this. Joe, is there anywhere people want, if they want to get in touch with you, if you want them to get in touch with you, um, <laughs> they could go to my local Weatherspoons and put strychnine in the guacamole. <laughs> Send us a message that way. <laughs> what a message it would be. <laughs> yeah. Joe, I want to be the first to thank you for your participation in this episode. I'll be the second to thank you for your participation in this episode. It's great having you on again. It's always nice to see you. A lot of fun. uh, Yeah, yeah. I'll be the first to thank you for having me. For the second time. And uh, listeners, thanks. And we'll see you next time. We love you all. Well, he loves you all. Joe, thoughts? Ambivalent. Okay. You got the whole package. I treat you with contempt. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.